gifts. For those of you who might be here for the first time, we are studying about spiritual gifts, the questions and answers uh, uh, concerning spiritual gifts. We talked about uh, the way I approach spiritual gifts is that they're not just they're not just a list of gifts, but they're actually gifts that are in three categories based on what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the listing of the three distinct types of gifts. One of those are the gifts, the grace gifts, which I would call the motivational gifts. There are seven of those, and every person is going to have one of those gifts, and usually and only one, and they're going to function out of that particular motivation. The second aspect of gifts are the ministry gifts. I think that's verse 5, 4 or 5 in 1 Corinthians 12. The ministry gifts, and that's what we do. Motivational gifts are who we are, how we function out of who we are. Ministry gifts is what we do in the kingdom of God. And those are various gifts that we would have. We would have we could have one or more of those gifts, ministry gifts, and those gifts can change. At one point in time in, in one church you may have a ministry and, and God may change in another church and you'd have a different ministry gift. But that ministry gift is going to be exercised from that motivational gift that you have. Everything you do is going to come from that motivation. And the final group of uh, gifts is the gifts called the manifestation gifts. I think that's verses 6 and 7. It lists the manifestation or what it calls the effects. And the manifestation gifts is what happens in the lives of people as people exercise their gifts. In other words, as a person stands up and teaches, or a person stands up and proclaims and preaches, or a person does service or something... What happens in the lives of other people, that's called the manifestation or effects gift, what God does in somebody else. And the beauty of that is that in a gathering of people, a person can exercise their gift and there may be different and many manifestations that happen in the body of Christ because God reveals himself and his spirit to people in a different way and a different gift that happens that way. That's exciting to know that God's able to do that. Well, that's how we approach gifts based on 1 Corinthians 12. But what we're doing now is we're taking each one of the motivational gifts. There's seven of them. And we're giving you characteristics of those motivational gifts. There have been multiple multiple surveys that have been done, studies of people and gifts. They've gone through the gift and, and gift test. I have those tests as well. And basically as an outline and it, and it sets aside, they try to set aside the different characteristics of people who have the various gifts. And whenever you have a particular gift, you will find that many, if not most, of these characteristics are going to be in your life. You might not have ever seen it before. You might not have ever realized it before. But you'll grasp that this is obviously what my gift is because that's the way I approach things or that's the way I see things or that's the way I function. Last week, we started. In, first, in Romans chapter 12, there's a list of those seven gifts Romans chapter 12, in verse number 6, it says, first of all, if prophecy, number one is prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. So last week, we looked at the motivational gift of prophecy. The aptitude for prophecy is to speak. The prophets are those are the proclaimers. They're the speakers. They're the ones who share. And we broke down different aspects of the prophet gift understanding characteristics of those who are prophets. And then we also shared where the misunderstanding or problems can come when a person has the gift of prophecy. 
And if you don't have that copy of that, Janice, I think you have some copies to get that. So if you don't have a copy of the Prophecy Gifts, stop by and pick that up with Janice. And they are recording these, so you can go back and listen to it if you'd like to, to find out if you have that Prophecy Gift. Tonight we're going to look at the second of those gifts. It's found in verse 7. If service in his serving... The second of those gifts that we're going to look at is the motivational gift of service. The motivational gift of service. I give you the aptitude. Aptitude simply means, what am I apt to do? <laughs> well, what am I apt to do? How am I apt to be, to be revealed myself? The service person has the aptitude to help. The aptitude to help, to come alongside to help someone. And you'll notice I put in parentheses there, as quickly as possible. You're going to find that the person who has the gift of service, they want everything done now or, or, or yesterday. They do not have the great ability to wait. They will only wait so long and then their aptitude is, we got to get this done. We're going to just get out of the way and I'll get this done for you. Because the idea of waiting is missing out or delaying that which needs to be done. Okay, So the aptitude is to help as quickly as possible. The definition of the word is diconia, which is the similar word or a different derivative of the word for deacon. It means ministry to render service, or as you've heard before for deacons, like waiting on tables. Like waiting on tables. It's that ministry gift of service. Now, let me tell you, let me just uh, take profit and, and service and separate them since we've talked about prophecy before. A prophet is some, is, it can be somebody that others don't like. You know, I mean, yeah, if you have the gift of prophecy, the chances are there are going to be people who do not like you, right? They just, just don't like you because you're straightforward. You're identifying sin. You point it out. They don't want it pointed out. <laughs> they just assume you be quiet about it. And therefore, you can be disliked. That's not true with a person who has the gift of service. A person who has the gift, almost everyone loves the person who has the gift of service. Now, there will be a little exception, I'll, exceptions, and I'll share those with you. But almost everybody loves the person who has the gift of service, because they're always willing to help. <laughs> they're always willing to help. Y'all remember years ago when they had that shake and bake commercial and the little girl said, Mama made fried chicken and we helped? Well, that's what service is. They're the helpers. They're the ones who come along and do whatever needs to be done to help. All right, look at, look at some of the description about them. They have an unusual ability to identify and meet practical needs, especially manual needs. Right? Many of them in service, it, they're, they're going to use their a manual labor or something physical that they're going to do. They're going to be out there in the midst of it. All right, And they have an ability to be able to identify these practical needs that people have. Some of us who are prophets and some of us who are administrative people and some of us who are mercy people, we just kind of walk around with our heads in the cloud. You know, we're not noticing what's needed. Not that person has a gift of service. They can look and see that needs, that needs to be done. 
That this needs to take place. This needs to happen. I'll give you a perfect example of that. A person has a gift of service. If somebody were in the hospital for a long stay, or either they had a death in their family, the, gift, the person with the gift of service is not going to be like most of us. Most of us, this is what we do. We'll go up to that person and say, now, if there's anything that I can do, let me know. Isn't that what we say? Hey, if, if there's anything that I can do, just let me know. That's not the gift of service. The gift of service is that man who saw they needed their yard cut, went and got his lawnmower, and went and cut their yard. Nobody had to ask them, nobody had to say anything. They just knew that the yard needed to be cut. So they went out and they cut the yard. Or it's a woman who knew that they had not expected this death to happen, and they got together and they go over to the house and clean the house. Some of us are not thinking about whether the house is clean or not. (laughs) But that person who has the gift of service, they're thinking practically what needs to be done. An ability to be able to see that. It's like a radar. They just know what... And and the rest of us, when we see them doing it, we're saying, boy, that's a good idea. I wish I'd have thought of that. You know what I mean? Boy, that's a good idea. That that was wonderful for them to do that. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Because the person who has a gift of service has that ability. Second thing, they have the ability to recall likes and dislikes of people. Now, this is is amazing to me, and I've seen this throughout the years. They can tell you exactly, all they have to hear is one time what somebody likes or dislikes, and they will remember it forever. I I had an occasion where uh, it it was my birthday, and a lady brought me a cake for my birthday, and she brought me a German chocolate cake. The reason that she brought me a German chocolate cake is somehow, someway, she had heard that I like German chocolate, one of my favorite cakes was German chocolate cake, and so she remembered that. I mean, that, that would have been said months and months ahead. But whenever she brought me a cake for my birthday, it was German chocolate cake. And, and I was like, well, how in the world did you know that that's one of my favorite cakes? Well, I just, I just knew that. They have an ability to do Most of us do not pay that close of attention. Most of us do not know what somebody's favorite color is, what the favorite flower is, what the favorite food is. What the, it's not paying attention at all. Not the person who gives the service. They can tell you exactly what they like, and they can also tell you what they don't like. For instance, a person who knows me and has to give the service knows I do not like lasagna. Well, good for you, William. I've had every type of lasagna in the world. People have said, you will like my lasagna. No, I don't like your lasagna. Something about lasagna. I love spaghetti. I don't know about lasagna. Now, somebody who has to give service, they would tell you, he don't like that. Or they do like this. Well, most of us wouldn't know that. They do. They have that like and dislike canny ability. Three. This is true if you've ever been around a person in gift of service. They have stamina that abounds, unusual energy, and disregard for weariness. They are the church's ever-ready battery. The little bunny that goes around. That is what the person gives have service. They have stamina. They can keep going. They're the one who, when there's a project happening, they're the first one there. They're the first one there. And not only are they the first one there, before we have the organizational meeting to find out what we're all going to do and which part we're going to do, they've already done things while they're waiting for us to have the organizational meeting. They're out there doing it. And then they're going to work all day long. They don't have time to stop. Everybody else is kind of stopping, sitting on a shade tree. They're just going and going and going. And then when everybody else is getting packed up to leave back, they're still going. And you say, what did they eat for breakfast? What are they doing? They'd be able to have a st- They just have that ability. Now, why? That's their joy. 
See, when you exercise your gift, that's your greatest joy. A prophet's greatest gift is to stand up and proclaim the, the word of God. You can do that unending because you love that. Well, people have the gift of service. They love to serve. And they love to do those practical things. And they just go and go and go. Number four, they avoid delays by doing immediately, even if they have to use personal funds. Now, I'm telling you, you can, in the church, you can identify people who have the gift of service easily this way. Because you say, something needs to be done. Here comes the person who has the gift of service, and we're, they say, we need to get this done. Well, you know, the wheels in the church move slower sometimes because you just don't have the money to go do it. So, well, we've got to, we've got to get somebody to approve that so we can get the money and get the check cut and so we can get the money to you and you can be able to go buy that and do that. I can't tell you how many gifts of service people I have. I love them to death. They say, just forget it. I'll go buy it myself. <laughs> just forget it. Just forget it. It's going to take that long. It'll all be over by the time you get the check cut and by the time you do all that stuff. Just forget it. I'm going to go pay for it myself. And they do. They'll go pay for it, and you try to run them down. Hey, let me pay you back. No, I've already got it now. That's okay. Because they're going to meet the need then. Delaying is no, there's no possibility for that. Look at this one. They always do more than is expected. They always do more than is expected. Uh, we had a dear friend in Enterprise. She was known for this. If she watched your house or she was there and you were on vacation or you did something like that and she was going to watch your house, whenever you came home, most of us, if we were watching somebody's house, we'd just make sure nobody took it. <laughs> Isn't that true? Hey, I did my job. It's still on the foundation. Nobody stole anything. I did my job. That was not her. If you ever, she ever watched your house for you while on vacation... When you came in, there was going to be a fresh loaf of bread on the counter and, fr and, and fresh milk in the refrigerator. Why? Well, when you just got home, you haven't got any bread, your fresh bread, you haven't got anything like that. Always just do it. Now, whenever somebody does that and they do it for you, you go, well, that's a great idea. Boy, I'm sure glad they did that. But most of us do not think about that. We don't think about that. But the person who has the gift of service is always going to do more than is expected. That's just the way they're made. Okay. All right, look at six. They find it difficult to say no. This is a major issue for this person gifted in this way. Because what they will do is they will say yes to everything. <laughs> and they will get themselves overloaded. They can supposed to be at three different places all at the same time because they said yes to all of them. And you kind of roll your eyes and say, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Well, I just hated to say no. I just hated to say you got. If you have the spiritual gift of service, your proneness is always to say yes. Will you do it? Yes. Well, anybody volunteer? Yes, I'll do that. You cannot do that. God does not expect you to do everything. He expects you to do what he called on you to do. And even though you think nobody else is going to do it because nobody else is going to volunteer, they will. They will. Somebody will show up if you don't just take their spot. So make sure you're doing what God called on you to do. If not, you're going to be worn out 
tired, frustrated because you've overloaded yourself. You've overloaded yourself. And why? Because your aptitude is to help. Your aptitude is to help. Look what else it says. Seven. There's a need to, a need to sense sincere appreciation and an ability to detect insincerity. Now, whenever you heap praise on a person who has a gift of service, that's like sick them to a bulldog, you know. That's like miracle grow on a tomato plant, however you wanted to say it. I mean, it's just what they need. It's what they want. Now, they're not, they're not doing what they do so that you'll heap praise on them. That's not why they do it. But whenever you recognize or express appreciation of what they have done, it blesses their life because you've seen that and you've appreciated that. Now, they know sincerity in regard to genuine praise. They know when somebody's just saying something and really don't mean it or whether somebody really does mean it. So if you're going to praise somebody's gift of service, make, mean it, amen? Because they know the difference between the two. But praising somebody who has a gift of service is, is really what blesses them. You remember what, you remember what prophets are? What, what, what is it that blesses a prophet whenever they exercise their gift? Seeing somebody make a decision. <laughs> Seeing somebody come forward and, and respond to that preached word. Same way with service, when they get appreciation for what they've done. Number eight, greater enjoyment in short-range goals than in long-term goals. Now, one person, a person with a gift of service, you do not want to put them on the long-range planning committee. They think that is the biggest waste of time there is anywhere. Why are we worrying about what's happening in a long time? We got stuff that needs to be done around here right now. They would be frustrated as could be on a long-term, a long-range planning committee. They want to have short-range goals. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do this week? How are we going to put this together? They are blessed whenever you can do short-range goals. They get feedback. They've accomplished that. They mark it off their list. They helped, and they go to the next thing they're going to help on because they're going to always be helping on something. But they like for whatever they do to get done so there's not keep these open-ended things we just keep working and working and working at. All right? Now, what about the problems or misunderstandings? Sometimes people who have the gift of service appear to be pushy. I mean, when are you agree? They're just pushy. Well, let's get going. Let's do something. What are we wasting our time about? Do y'all not care about these people? <laughs> y'all not care about this ministry? I mean, they can just appear to be very, very pushy. I want to put a little note by that. Sometimes they appear to be pushy. Sometimes they are pushy. Sometimes they're just flat out pushy. They want to get something done, and they feel like everybody in the world is wasting their time in doing that. Another problem is, too, they react against those who do more talking than working. In other words, they are not blessed by anybody who's going to talk about it. Okay, let's, let's get together. We're going to get together this week and we're going to have a planning meeting of what we're going to do. That is not what they want to do. They, don't, they, they get so frustrated. I mean, you will hear in the group, you're going to find out very quickly those who get to service when you start talking about, man, what are we doing? I could have already finished this by the time we get this talking meeting over. They just don't want to talk about it. They want to go and do it. And, and so you've you got to find them and put them in the right place 
And realize when that person responds to you, you're trying to organize, you're trying to put it all together the way it ought to be and so it'll work smoothly. And here's this other person over there that says, man, you're just wasting our time. We could already got this done. Who is that person? Put on their forehead. Here's a person that has a gift of service. Now, don't throw them out of the group because they're going to have all that stamina and energy to do most about what y'all talking about. Amen? You don't want to get them out of the group. <laughs> they just got to get in the right spot. But that right spot's not going to be talking about it. Number three, sometimes their own family suffers because of their service to others. Put a star by that, please. If you have the gift of service, let that be a warning to you. And sometimes because you cannot say no and you sign up for everything and you're so busy serving everybody else out there, who is it that gets neglected? Your family. In other words, it would be like a woman who works and she feels like God wants her to go prepare a meal and she prepares this wonderful meal and goes and feeds that family over there who has this need and comes back to the house and gives her kids peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You say, well, they ain't going to die on peanut butter and jelly unless they have it every night. (laughs) But you, you see what, we worked hard to do something for somebody else, but my family suffered from that. Or that I'm so busy doing so much that I'm not ever home. That I'm not with them and I don't spend time with them. You have to be careful in relationship to that because sometimes if if you're willing to help, there's a whole bunch of people who would be glad for you to sign up to help. Help them, right? Be careful. Four, their willingness to do sometimes hinders God's work. What, What does that mean? Sometimes their willingness to do hinders God's work. What I mean by that is sometimes a person has a gift of helps and service. They, go, they think they're supposed to help everybody. Okay, they think anytime that there's a need, then that is the invitation for them to go help. When that's not true. Sometimes the Lord does not want you to help somebody. Because the Lord may be doing something in that person's life. He may be doing something spiritual in their life. And, and he has engineered the situation in that person's life to where he can break them and bring them and remake them into something special. And so he's over here working on them and he's putting them through a situation and they need to go through that tension at that time so that they can grow. What does the gift of service do? Man, my brother's over there, he's hurting. He needs some help. I'm going to go help him. Well, they go over and help him and they remove the tension and the problems and all the pressure they feel about it. And God has to create something else <laughs> so that he can do what he wants to do in the life of a person. That's why you just don't help everybody. You ask God, God, is this something I'm supposed to be doing? Is this some, something that you want to use me in? Is this some way that my gift of service can help them? And, and God will let you know if that's what he wants you to do. But do not just accept the fact that every need is an invitation for you to help. It's not necessarily true. You've run through those times, haven't you? You've been through those times when God's broken you, God's put you in situations, you had to have that tension for a while, and, and it, it wasn't something you welcomed, but after you went through it, you knew God taught you something. You knew you grew up in your faith. Well, that's what happens in other people's life. so don't interfere with what God's trying to do. Make sure it's what he wants you to do, okay? All right, listen to what it says in 5. A desire to sense sincere appreciation 
may result in being easily hurt. Put a star by that one if you have the gift of service. Many people who have the gift of service can get their feelings hurt. Why? Because other people did not express appreciation. Now, that, now once again, they weren't doing it for appreciation. But appreciation is, is what energizes them. It, it's, it's the fuel on their, on their giftedness. And whenever somebody doesn't express appreciation, or they expect, express appreciation in an insincere way, then the person with the gift of service can be hurt. Now, for those of you who have the gift of service, just be, be aware of us who aren't, don't have the gift of service. As many of us are, are really poor expressing appreciation for what people do. We're so busy thinking on other things, doing other things, and everything else, we're, we're not focusing on expressing appreciation to individuals for what they do. I know that. I'm the gift of, I have the gift of prophecy, and I get in more trouble about that one anywhere else. I have to pray, Lord, help me to remember to say thank you. <laughs> Somebody, I, I told you, gifts of prophets, are they're, they're not thinking about what, got, what was good that happened, and we're going to express appreciation about it. We're thinking about what's happening next. What, what's happening next? What was, what was something we could improve about that? How it would be better? We're all just different. And whenever you're encountering people who don't have the gift of service, sometimes they don't not nearly as appreciative as you want them to be. And once again, God's growing us all up, amen? So we ought to be more appreciative. We ought to say thank you more often. Number six, may get frustrated with those who are insensitive. The prophet. Where do service people and prophets get crossed up? Well, one area is in the area of sensitivity. They'll think that prophets are insensitive. For instance, the, the prophet may be approaching that as saying, God, man, God is disciplining that person, and he's wanting to correct them in their life and to get them straightened out and grow them up. And whenever that person has a gift of service, here's that prophet say, God is disciplining that person, and God wants to do something in their life. That person gets to service and says, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's our brother. He's hurting. We need to go do something for him. Matter of fact, I'm going to go over there right now and help him. See the difference? One is saying, God's wanting to do something here, and God's wanting to do that in there, and it may have happened. Maybe he's doing it, but the person gets to service. You're just so insensitive. You just don't care about anybody. You got so hard-hearted. You mean? I told you, I don't like them prophets a whole lot. Boat them out quickly. Get, get out of here. They, they, they cause trouble. They can really have problems with prophets who are insensitive. Now look at the next one. They dislike the dislike of red tape and those who do planning before they began to work. Administration. Oh, yeah. People who have the gift of service they can get tied up with administrators. Person has to get administration. They get into a meeting, and when they get that meeting, that administrator wants to say, okay, let's lay out all the details of what we're going to do. We're going to go from A to Z, getting everything we're going to do, going to get it all lined up. We're going to know who's going to be doing all that stuff, and we're going to know what time we're going to get here. We're going to put all this on paper, and on a flow chart, we're going to do all this kind of stuff, and they'll get the guy's service over there. He's dying. He's dying. He thinks, man, I ain't got time for all this. What are we writing all this down for? Let's just all roll up our sleeves and get out there and do it. Yeah? You know what they'll do? <laughs> now, this is true. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. In church, the administrator is the administrative person who is really gifted in what they're doing to help you get things done. 
The administrative person is going to be walking around checking up on what everybody's doing and making sure everybody's done it. You know what the little gift of service person? Look at them. They ain't raised one, they ain't put one nail in. They ain't picked up one piece of trash. All they do is walk around telling everybody else what they're supposed to be doing. Have you seen him do anything yet? I ain't seen him do anything yet. He's just a waste of time. All he does is talk. Hey, you ain't been in church life much if you ain't heard that. And, and, and the little administrators running around trying to make sure they get everything done, everything out, you know, and organized. They're doing a really good job. Gift of service just can't, can't stand that. If you ain't got your hand on the plow, you ain't doing much except talking. You're just talking. I've seen, I've been on mission trips where I see them almost get tied up. You know, get tied up. We're up here in the name of Jesus building this church. And we get tied up because one's walking around talking and the other one wants them to do more working. Now, is that because they're not Christians? No. Is it because they're not spiritual? No. It's because they have different gifts. And God wants to use all those gifts. And you have to appreciate. But some of them can get roughed up with each other. It's just the way it is. Learn to love each other. Iron sharpens iron. Remember that? So one man sharpens another. Look at eight. Their eagerness to work may lead to unwanted leadership positions. And I'll put, it, I'll put another word. Not only unwanted leadership positions, unneeded leadership positions. Now, I'll tell you, this, this is going to happen more times than you ever imagined. And if you're a person who has a gift of service, beware of this. The one thing you do not want to do is you do not want to chair the committee. All right? You don't want to be chair. You already think it's a waste of time. All right? So don't sign up for being chairman. But do you know, you know who most chairmen are in committees? Service people. They're the service people. And you know why? Because we've got to get something done and nobody else is going to tell you, I'll do it. I'll do it. They'll hold their hand. Yeah, I, we need somebody to lead this group. Don't like anybody else going to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's the worst thing in the world because they, they they're not even planning on organizing anything. They're just saying, let's dismiss the committee and y'all follow me. We're gonna, we, just follow me. I'll show you what we're going to get done. Well, that's not the way to work it, right? Now, I'll show you something about that. The administrative gift, okay, the administrative gift who has the ability, and administrators are wonderful because they have the ability to see the whole plan, lay out the plan, see who's best working those things, and work the plan. It takes a little time to get it done, but it works, okay? But here's the truth about administrators. They do not volunteer. Administrators, you can say in a group, hey, who, who would be the chairman of this group? Now, here's a person with a gift administration who would be really the best chairman of the group. They will not volunteer. You know what you have to do? You have to ask them. Hey, would you, would you consider being chairman? And then they'll say, well, yeah, if everybody wants to be chairman, I'll be chairman. And as soon as they become chairman and, and, you, and you've given them that reign, man, they take off. And they organize whatever and put it in all places and get the service person over here working and everybody else doing their part. It's a wonderful thing the way it works. But that's not what it usually works. Because if you just get in a circle and say, well, okay, who, who's going to be chairman? Service looks around. Nobody's going to do it. Well, I'm going to help. Here, I'll do it. And then the whole time they're frustrated as can be because they don't want to do this job. 
They're not really gifted for this job. Another thing they like to do is out there, they don't even want to really like to even meet the committee. But they have to because they've signed up. That happens more than not. If you have the gift of service, you're not going to enjoy being chairman of a committee. So just be quiet. Don't, 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 don't volunteer. Just let it be uncomfortable. You ever notice we Baptists are, get uncomfortable in the quiet? We, we do. As soon as you have, you'll ask something, nobody says, I mean, we got all cut. Somebody better say something. We can't stand quiet. Somebody better volunteer for something. What's happening? Quiet's okay. Just let it be quiet. Until finally someone comes along and may say to the other person, hey, why don't you do that? Would you consider doing that? And that person, the administrator, says yes. I'm here to tell you, God will take care of that. You'll just trust him. You'll take care of it. Now look, look what it says in verse nine, and number nine. Overemphasizing practical needs to the neglect of spiritual needs. Remember, the service person is a practical person doing those things practically and manually. Be careful if you're in the service ministries. Be careful that you have that gift that all, you're not just thinking that all is well when things are working out physically or practically. The spiritual things are just as important, even more important. And, and make sure that the spiritual needs and the spiritual work that God's doing are, are not messed up or interfered with or replaced by the physical needs that you're meeting. So you got to be, what's more important in a person's life, physical or spiritual? Spiritual, right? Amen? Thank you. I was wondering, we don't have to talk about that. Spiritual is more important. It's eternal. And so from a priority perspective, make sure that we're not just meeting the physical needs and not focusing on the spiritual needs. Now, if you wanted a biblical example of a person who has a gift of service, it would be who? Martha. Martha. Because Martha was busy. I mean, when Jesus came into her house, what was Martha doing? She's going to cook. She's going to get ready. She's going to do the best she can and everything else. Now, was, was Martha real excited about Mary? What did... what? Well, there I am working myself to death and trying to do this. And, you know, Mary's over there sitting down. What'd she even say? Jesus, you need to talk to my sister. Because she's not nearly as spiritual as I am. She doesn't know she ought to be up serving. Right? Right? And then the Lord had to straighten out Martha. Oh, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. You're so worried. You're so worried. About to say, it's the spiritual things that are most important. See this practical illustration of a person has a gift of service. All throughout the Bible, whenever you study in character of the Bible, try to figure out how they were how they were gifted. You say, well, in the Old Testament they weren't in the Old Testament there was the anointing of God. The anointing of the Spirit of God upon their life to, for them to be useful in the kingdom of God. In the Old Testament, they be, the New Testament have the chance for the Spirit of God to be with them as Jesus walked with them. And then in the book of Acts and in the epistles, you find people who have now received the gift of the Holy Spirit after the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. See if you can identify that. The other thing is try to identify it in your family. Try to identify it in your friends. Sometimes, sometimes, your friends or family can see your giftedness better than you can. I mean, you just, you just whenever they're painting the picture, it's like, man, I know who that is. 
I know who that person is. I know what they're like. But discovering your motivational gift is a very important thing. Because everything that you're going to do is going to function out of that. Whenever we get them all given, I'm going to give you some illustrations of scenarios of how a situation happens and let you see how different ones of those seven respond to each one of those scenarios. They're going to be, they're all going to respond, but they're going to respond so differently because why? Because they have different motivational gifts. All right? Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for truth and thank you for the chance to look at just giftedness and have fun talking about that and learn who we are helping helping us to be practical and useful in the kingdom of God, knowing where we can be used best and knowing how we relate to one another. And we'll thank you for it and praise you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.